0: Mr. Joe Clifford, and he's going to be reading from Say My Name. Now, this is a true crime novel, so it's a crime, true crime that never really happened, or did it? Tell us. Uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the premise. I was going to do that introduction, but thanks for saving me the time. Uh, interpret that uh, term loosely. I'm going to do something uh, a little out of the box here and read the author's note, but I think you'll see why when I read it. When the Rogers twins, Annabelle and Ava, were reported missing the summer of 1985, we expected they'd be found. Of course they would. Kids didn't go missing from Berlin, Connecticut. Berlin, like the one in Germany, pronounced with the accent between syllables, like furl in preposition. And God forbid local residents hear you pronounce it the other way. Ours was a nice little New England town, ensconced from the horrors such as kidnapping and murder. That was the stuff of books and movies. Annabelle and Ava must have forgotten to tell their parents about plans. They had to be at a friend's house, went for lunch, lost track of time. The girls would return home soon, safe and sound. It would all be one big misunderstanding, except the girls never came home. Police were called in, search parties sent out, eyewitness testimony taken. There were several suspects, but no arrests made. Now, nearly four years later, their bodies still haven't been recovered. I'd like to say nothing changed after that summer. that our quaint, charming New England town remained an idyllic village where young families moved to escape the scourge of the big city, I'd like to say that my best friends at the time, Jim Case, Ron Mamatine, and especially Jack Lacko, weren't forever affected. Life courses permanently altered. I wish I could tell you that the girls going missing in no way played a part in my moving west or in my staying gone as long as I did. Just I'd like to tell you that my return has brought solace and peace and reconciliation to the past. From a certain point of view, maybe I could sell that narrative. I write fiction, after all. It's not like I've sat around a dark room for decades, slowly drinking myself into oblivion consumed by the unknown fates of a couple girls I knew for a few years when I was 12. And yet there's been an element of that summer in everything I've done since. My interactions with people in the industry, my interpersonal relationship with friends and lovers. Pushing 50, I've made many bad decisions, most of which I can't blame on that hometown tragedy. But their abduction certainly played a part in my decision to write crime novels. With over a dozen books published, I've enjoyed success as a mystery author. I've hit several bestseller lists, and books have been optioned and translated into foreign languages. I was able to tour Italy a couple winters back. That was fun. Writing has earned me a big house on the hill, critical acclaim, money, life for me has gone on. Still, despite these reassurances, the horror of that summer continues to haunt, and its lingering specter has become a permanent part of who I am. I may have left that town, but that town never left me. So much of our fears is rooted in the other. This is particularly true in small, insular towns where everyone looks the same the same, believes the same. I still remember the story of my mother, God rest her soul, shared when I was a young boy about that poor woman from a tiny town not unlike ours who was visiting New York City. There in a subway bathroom a gang of thugs confronted her, demanding her wedding ring. When the woman refused to surrender, the gang cut it off, finger and all. It wasn't until much later I realized that like that uncle, her family friend who lost his arm by dangling out the car window, the story wasn't true. It was make believe, a cautionary tale designed to scare us into believing behaving, living in fear. This is how I viewed the big city growing up. It's a dangerous, godless place for the dangerous, godless people. It's why we stayed hidden in the suburbs, concealed by the lush green valleys of summer long after the winter days turned them cold and barren. I spent most of my life in the big city, and sure, it's hard to be a saint there. But it's evils and transgressions, handling comparisons of the sinister elements that can lurk in a small town where everyone knows everyone's secret. So somehow, no one sees a goddamn thing. It's not 1985 anymore. Annabelle and Ada Rogers' bodies most certainly will never be recovered. Like my mother, like my friend Jack Locko, those young girls are dead. My mother and Jack died of cancer. My mother was 53, Jack, my age, late 40. Still, their passing was natural. Sad premature, but natural. What happened to the twins was not. Their story is an abomination, an anomaly, an apparition, a thing that should not be but is. Growing up, I never would have believed it possible. Even as a crime writer who minds the darkest depths of the human psyche, I never could conjure kind of something as ghastly as the truth I uncovered writing this book. I'd feel better if the product were the result of my twisted imagination, except it is true, all of it. What I discovered writing this book, I wish I could unlearn. I long to go back to that original spin, that fear of the others instilled by my mother. I'll go back to believing that monsters hide in closets and live under beds, but they don't. They reside in our hometowns. Hiding in plain sight, they shop at the same stores, eat at the same restaurants, we pass them every day. We don't recognize them because they look just like us. Thank you. That's the author's note in the introduction to say my name. I can relate to the uh, dealing with a uh, true crime and, and an event that happens around you and it stays with you. How how do you deal with that when you write the book? Uh, you know, throughout it, how what what's your experience? Uh, well, I mean, just remember, I'm a fiction writer who lies. So um, <laughs> take. Take all of that uh, into account as you're, as, you're, as you're reading this book. And when you get to the end, I think you'll see uh, how, I, how I get away with calling it a true crime novel. It's um, sort of outside of a genre, really. Um, uh, you know, you follow where the muse takes you, and this one took me into a weird place. And uh, all the people in the book are real. And, um, yeah, you'll have to wait to see how it ends up. Wow, well, fantastic.